It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. Hello and welcome to It's Your Own Time You're Wasting. I'm Marie, English teacher, and my co-host is Jodie. And I'm a maths teacher. Welcome back. Uh, today we are talking about behaviour management um, mm. and our title this week is Three Strikes In, You're Out. How did you find behaviour management, Marie, when you were a teacher? I, I have to say I found it one of the most difficult parts of the mm. job and my one technique was to get the pupils on my side. Agreed. Yeah. That was it. That was the only technique I had. And if Absolutely. I ever failed to get them on my side, <laughs> I was then lost. But I was very lucky because I was a Senko in mm. my first job. So I only had classes of 20 and I always had a teaching assistant in with me. Oh, okay. And so that made a huge difference yeah. to behaviour management. Um, and and those, those pupils were sort of willing to to like you and trust you yes definitely what about you Jodie how do you do you find it I just don't feel like I ever got it right um I so when I was at NQT I was in a department that was mostly male which is quite Mm. common in maths departments there's Mm. much more male maths teachers than female maths teachers yeah that's much more unusual in an English department Um, And there were other women, but they were all part-time and towards the end of their career. And all the men were in their 50s and kind of, yeah, a lot older than me. And my NQT mentor was the deputy head. Sorry, assistant head. She was assistant head. So I wasn't getting behaviour management right. And I kind of went to my mentor and was like, not really getting this right. And she was like, well, this is what I do. And I was like, but that's not going to work because I'm not the assistant head. So I went to the other men in the department and they said this is what I do but how a 50 year old man can Mm. do behavior management is not the same as a 23 year old woman no no. so until the person who I describe as my mentor started which was a October half term I just had no advice Mm. I just had no idea how to start it and even then he was a he and that is different and he was five years into his teaching at that point so he had really really good skills and it, I just couldn't quite make it work. Yeah, I think that is the really tricky bit when you're new and you're not mm. established. Yeah. Once you're established, it does get easier, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's probably true. What do you think, Jodie, is SLT's role in behaviour management? <sighs> I think it's actually quite difficult because you need them to support you and you need to be able to escalate to them, but without undermining yourself yeah so I had an experience sent a kid out and the head department sent them back in because they were like it's too early in the lesson to be sending someone out and I'd sent him out because he'd come in like an idiot yeah so I'd sent him outside to cool down and then he was going to come back in and in the head of department's defense he thought he was out for the rest of the lesson which he wasn't he was out for a cool down right right but the kid thought he was out for the rest of the lesson and had told the head department that so he sent him back into my classroom and I was like but you're undermining me here yeah because he's not out for the rest of the lesson he's out to cool down because he came into my classroom effing and blinded and I'm not having it no no so that wasn't right but then he was trying to be supportive I guess yeah yeah sure but yeah you have to be really from the same page don't you really with SLT yeah management Um, and I think if you're in a school where there's a bit of us and them between the teachers and SLT that's not going to work 
I, Jodie, once worked with a deputy head yeah. who was an ex-policeman, and he was mm. excellent at discipline. He never, ever raised his voice, but he had this presence. And the, yeah. the pupils that he came into contact with all the time who were consistently breaking the rules and so on, absolutely loved him, even yeah. though he was the disciplinarian. Yeah. But what he said, and this is going back a few years, you, you'll be able to tell, what he said was, first half term, anybody does anything wrong, send them home. Mm. That's what he did. Anything, uniform, chewing gum, swearing, oh, wow. home. And what he said was, you inconvenience the parents, the parents yeah. do the rest for you because they don't want to be called up at work to be told their child's going home. Fair play, that makes and that sense. that seemed to work, yeah. yeah. But as the years went on and the rules changed about, you know, sending people home and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I and think... I think kind of the challenges, I'm not saying we should beat children, no. obviously, but we don't actually have that much power unless no. the parents are in, in line with us. Like we can give them after school detention, we can give them this, we can mm-hmm. give them that, but the parents can get them out of 90% of it. Yeah. So there is actually no power. I had that quite a lot, Jodie. I was rung by parents saying, oh, no, they can't come to this mm. after-school detention. They've got they've got a dentist appointment. And you think, yeah. no, they don't. <laughs> Jodie, yes. how, how do you feel you were equipped by your teacher training before you even got a job in a school? Oh, oh there's a story here, Marie. Oh, I thought um, there might be. <laughs> right. In true fashion, we have to go back in time to start this story. Okay. Um, I'm 14. Uh, no, 13. 13. I was okay. year eight. So I just had my 13th birthday. Beautiful summer. Really hot. We were having a water fight at lunchtime, as you do. Um, as you do. And I should preface this with, I've never told my mum the whole truth about this. So here's my confession, if my mum is listening. Um, someone dared me to throw a bottle of water over our head teacher. And um, being 13, I did. He turned round to me, <gasps> sent me to the office. I turned up at the office, already crying. And my sister was there, coincidentally putting up her GCSE artwork. Oh. So I just burst into tears. I'm hysterical. My sister's completely unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. I've just thrown water over the head teacher. Mm-hmm. I deserve everything I'm getting. Um, and the head teacher... I have to wait there for about 10 minutes. The head teacher comes and he just looks at me, a complete mess. And my sister sat there. To be fair to my sister, she stayed with me, mm. giving me like such a what have you done, you idiot look. <laughs> and he says, you can go to my sister. And he Ooh. says, I think we both agree you've done something really stupid today, Jodie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think... We've established that your sister's probably going to tell your parents about it. So I won't be phoning home. And I think I'm going to leave it up to your parents to decide what the consequence is. Ooh. You can go back to your lessons. <gasps> that was it. And I was like, have I? I mean, I've not got away with this, but like, I'm yeah. not. What's happening here? So the story I've told my parents is that I was aiming for someone else and missed uh, and I didn't do it on purpose. So that's my confession, mum. Sorry. Um, But then fast forward 10 years and I'm doing my teacher training and we have a lecture on behaviour management. And my best friend at uni was deaf. So we always sat on the front row so that she could hear properly. And um, we were sat on the front row and the 
person to do the behavior management came in and it was my old head teacher and I was like oh great and the so one you poured the water all the over. one I poured the water all over so he goes through this fantastic lecture all about kind of all the different things and then he ends with this story and I'm just sitting there like please don't recognize it please don't recognize me <laughs> about when punishment isn't necessary and when someone can self-punish and right. tells this story about this little girl who got overexcited and threw water all over him and that she didn't need a punishment because she knew straight away what happened there was no need to punish her because she knew what was going to happen and I was like please don't recognize me please don't recognize me and he went through this whole story and they caught my eye and went and I'm pretty confident that girl's now a teacher and I was like oh my god he knows it's me so speak to him afterwards I did and I got a picture with him um and he said I I was I right did you like self-punish and I was like I still feel really guilty about it I'm so sorry um so that was my uh, behavior management training. And I don't think I listened to any of it because I was so mortified. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. So, so you were quite um, a naughty kid in a way. I was scampy, I think yeah. is the right word. Because yeah. I just didn't always think through my consequences. And I just did stupid stuff. I was disorganized. I'm dyslexic. so yeah. And mm-hmm. I wasn't diagnosed as being dyslexic while I was at school. No. I was at university. So nobody kind of didn't have any kind of support so it's just completely disorganized so it's always forgetting homework and stuff and then I'd do stupid things like eat 17 blocks of sugar and then have a giggling fit like <laughs> that happened in a science lesson um, so I just didn't always think through what yes. I was doing yes and so you I see, didn't mean to be naughty do you think though Jodie that helped you with your behavior management because you see I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes never even got a detention in the whole of my school life yeah and when they used to do daft things I'd just think why are you doing that I didn't understand it see I could understand daft but I couldn't understand disrespectful no because I was like Maybe, I mean, obviously, it's not the most respectful thing to pour water over your head, teacher. But um, I was never, like, purposefully disrespectful. And, yeah. But because I'm not like that to most people, you know, that wasn't because they were my teachers and I was a kid. It was because I didn't want to be disrespectful to other people. Um, water incident as an exception. Yeah. Uh, but so I didn't understand disrespectful and I didn't understand people who didn't want to learn. But I did understand people who were just daft because that is me. Yeah. And was quite good at dealing with that because I could kind of go, if you do this, this is going to be the consequence. Yeah. And not kind of like the consequences you're getting detention, but the consequences you won't be trusted or this or that. Like a larger consequence. Yeah. And that's your decision at the end of the day. But this is what's going to happen if you don't do what I suggest. Yeah. And how did you go on with things like um, enforcing uniform rules and things like that? I hate uniform. Me too. I understand the need for it, but you just spend so much time tucking your shirt in. Um, I've heard the, the theory that if you are really strict with your uniform, it gives the kids something to rebel against. Ah, right. By so having that's... too short a skirt or too yeah, short a tie. Yeah. Not sure I believe it. Five what were you like with uniform? Bored. Yeah. Totally bored of it, Jodie. And also... Um, I used, you know, this thing about you must wear your blazer unless you've got permission Mm. to take it off. I used to say, listen, in my classroom, if you want to take your blazer off, take your blazer off. Yeah. 
because I couldn't be doing with all the hands going up all the time. Me, it's me. And stuff like that is just so controlling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it just. But I did get really fed up with the tucking your shirt in business yeah. and actually had them convinced one year that we were bringing in a new uniform for the year after. That was um, the shirt actually sewn onto the underwear. So they couldn't. That's a great idea. The shirt. As a mum, actually, I'm thinking of sewing underpants to the bottom of every single one of Harry's shirts. How would you get it on? Well, you'd have to have the shirt unbuttoned, put your legs in first, and then put your arms in and then button it. I've thought it through. Yeah, you have. It's doable. You have. It's doable. Yeah. So when you iron it, do you also iron the boxers then? Yeah, you you could iron the boxers. I don't iron boxers as a rule, but... If they're attached, I think it would yeah. only be fair. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. where do you stop? I'm just not sure about PE. That's, yeah. that's the thing where it falls down. Or maybe on PE days, they're allowed to have an unattached shirt. Unattached, yeah. Yeah. Special so PE that, shirt. That was the, it was those sort of mundane, everyday things that yeah. got, ground me down, really, with behaviour management. Because you don't that often have massive incidents to deal with, no. do you? Although, it was equipment was the one for me. Oh, yeah. Like, especially, like, if you have specialist equipment that you need in maths, mm. I'd be like, right, next Monday, you need a compass. Right, mm. next Monday, you and I'd tell them every lesson leading up that they needed a compass, and then no yeah. one would have a pair of compasses, and you'd be like... Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's the simple things, isn't it? That, mm. that actually is hard. It's your own time you're wasting. So why not stick the kettle on, put your feet up and have a cuppa? Ah, bliss. So today our guest on our behaviour management programme is Sarah. Sarah, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi guys, I'm Sarah. Um, I started off my career as a chemist and then I became a science teacher and now I am the marketing manager for Beyond Secondary Resources. Nice. So all that awesome stuff you see on Facebook, that's all Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my team, yeah. And that little, little plug there for the uh, social media. So how did you find behaviour management, Sarah, when teaching? Do you know what? It was one of the aspects that I quite enjoyed because I think I was all right at it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um when I first started, I remember I remember uh, in university when I was doing my PGCE um, and they told us about, you know, like the three strikes and you're out sort of, mm. sort of system mm. that we all uh, are so familiar with. I do remember being a bit bewildered because I was like, right, I understand like there's a, something and then it escalates and then it escalates and then you have to deal with it. I do remember the first time as an NQT getting a kid to stay behind because, they, you know, they've been larking around mm. in my lesson. I remember thinking, hang on a minute. No one's ever taught me what you do when, when you've got them. <laughs> the rest of the course is gone. I just stood there and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I can't. I can't <laughs> you do that. So I just had a little little words like, uh, and then sent them on their way. But I did find that if you got them on side, which like mm. you mentioned, Marie, yeah. if you can get a kid on side, then they don't want to misbehave for you to some extent. Mm. You've yeah. got that advantage as a younger teacher, I think. You know, because they want to impress. Yeah. You yes, yes, you're more likely to get that on you. And mm. I used to find if I ever sent them out quite a powerful question, instead of having a go at them or whatever, it's just to say, "Are you okay? What's the matter?" And very yeah. often there would be tears, and you'd yeah. find out something had happened either overnight or earlier in the day that had sort of set, put them off kilter a bit. 
and then yeah. that's how the behavior was manifesting oh I like that mm. so as I sort of progressed through my career mm. So I started off in quite a nice leafy village school mm. and uh, like sort of big behaviour incidences that I can remember were things like kids selling contraband chocolate at great time, <gasps> selling busy pop. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, that's so naughty. Um, <laughs> really? And then I would have been buying it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One guy he used to sell milk tray or um, and he used to be able to buy them singly. Individual. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> So then I remember, so I was a science teacher at that school and then I went to become a head of science at an, at an SEN school where it's marketed as an SEN school, but it was, it was really more of a behavioral school. Mm. And uh, I remember thinking my behavior management is excellent because, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like what well, actually what had happened was I'd really just worked at a very, very, very nice school. To start ah. with. Yeah. I went to this school and I was like, well, three strikes and you're out. And this is a system that's always worked for me. And uh, I just thought, wow, three strikes and the whole class is out in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't going to be working for me anymore. No. And I remember, no, I'll stick to my rigid system. I will do this and it will work. It's always worked for me. And, uh, and it really didn't. And it was the teaching assistants that took yeah. me to one side. Said, yeah. Um, kids swear in this school. Not only do they swear, they will swear at you. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to accept that no. as a teacher. Um, but they're in a behavioural setting for a reason, aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. But does that mean you have to lower your standards? Yeah, that's what I struggled with. Yeah. And I thought, I'm not lowering my standards because I have high aspirations and they're conflicting ideals yeah. to me. But it's not about lowering standards. It's about understanding why they're like that mm. what's led them to be like that yeah. particularly with swearing is sometimes like I swear more than my parents because it's just part of my words and it doesn't have the same impact as it would if my parents or my grandparents yeah swore. yeah um and like I think I heard my grandma swear once in her life mm. because it just wasn't done and so yeah. it's kind of like maybe it is just more cultural that they swear at that and by cultural yeah. I mean like the culture of the behavior school yeah mm. yeah yeah and yeah. maybe you've got to pick your battles as well when you're a teacher and you're t- and you're teaching and you've got to teach the exam and you've got to get a certain mm. amount of curriculum covered as yeah. a teacher you've anything that disrupts you from that sort of single track of what you have to do is an annoyance it can irk mm, you definitely can, you know you've spent time planning you've spent time yeah do your marking and all of this and anything that deviates from that is a problem because let's mm. say you've got 30 kids in front of you if one of them is misbehaving they are a fly in the ointment in that situation yeah. they're a fly in the ointment but as i've got older and i think about why kids might do that and i've heard too many stories of just sad stories of kids you know mm. and then you think you know, that kid might be a young carer. They might have had yeah. their whole family's laundry that morning. They've come in not wearing school uniform. Mm, they've just yeah. been everyone's ironing or they've not had breakfast or yeah. heating. Yeah. And they're, they're acting up because they've got so much on their plate, maybe even more mm. than each has ever had on their plate. And they're mm, yeah. in a bad mood and they're acting out. Well, then that doesn't seem as important about attainment and getting their exam results yeah that's, got yeah, that's true so as I've got older I, I sort of see it from a more holistic point of view mm. Mm. and I do think it's the challenge isn't it to understand everything that's going on in a kid's life and you can't understand everything 
But for some kids, coming to school is an achievement. So yeah. you shouldn't go on at them about the fact that they haven't done the homework. Yeah, I, I feel the same. And because I was teaching SEN in my early career, mm. I, I did I did try and understand that. We used to, I'll tell you what I used to do. This is one of my strategies. On a Monday morning, when they answered the register, we did what did you do over the weekend? And they had to give us a summary of mm. what they'd done over the weekend. But it gave me a real insight into their lives, which then helped me with the behaviour management. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the things they were getting up to were just unbelievable. Like, oh, miss, um, we, we, we ran across the golf course because we wanted the police to chase us. <laughs> and, you know, whoever gets the helicopter up after them wins. This this was the Saturday entertainment. Yeah. So then then you, you get a, a bigger picture of where they're coming from. And it, I think that really helps with behaviour management. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Miss, your dad's nicked a load of carpet. Do you need some? What colour do you want? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. And uh, one, of, one of the schools I taught at was really near uh, quite a famous um, festival site and then when people used to leave tents like miss we've got two man tents four man tents you could like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you find the mischievous ones don't you find them just so likable when you go, oh yeah oh. yeah they really are so that yeah. was me I was a mis- mis- yeah mischievous one I was a mischievous one for sure yeah a lovable rogue yeah yeah, yeah. what do you guys think of the kind of school mandated behavior management system you know where you've got like a consequence board up in the classroom or like you have to write in their planner every time they misbehave. There's kind of lots of variations of the same yes, thing, isn't there it? Yes, there are. And there is always a school-wide policy. Well, you say that, but of the three schools I worked in, two of them didn't have one. Really? That, that is why one of them me. got closed down. Ah. Hmm. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> um, okay. The, the, my first school didn't really have one. Like, it had a, like, really bad one. Mm. And it had a like rewards policy but it didn't have kind of a low level one yeah so it had the extreme but it didn't have the like middle and then yeah the one of the schools I worked in had nothing right behavior was terrible um yeah there was literally nothing I think the whole thing needs a bit of a rejig if I'm being honest I think Mm. you know with for academic success you put differentiation in place you know there's not one lesson will fit every child yeah. Why would yeah. one behaviour system fit every child? I completely yeah. agree. Because the thing that I find with the three strikes you're out or the consequence board or whatever you know version of that it is, is if the limit is five, the kid will get to four and stop. And that is 100% what I would have done. Oh, right. So you pushed it to the limits, but you didn't go over the line. Not so much. Like, I wouldn't have consciously pushed it to the limit. Right. But when I got to four, I was like with it enough to know to keep my head down and shut up Mm. so I think knowing individual kids in your class that's of benefit Mm. so uh, some of the places I've worked you know you write the kids name on the board and then when they've got a chart after them to a certain point that's when Mm. you know it gets dealt with but then I found some kids see that as a badge of honour and they get the name Mm -hmm. on the board and they're like looking around for approval yeah I've I've made it so then I'd do stuff with particular kids like that. I'd get my my board marker. Mm. I'd go over to my the, the lab bench because they've always got like a shiny mm. top to them. Rather than writing it on the board, I'd write it on their. I just 
subtly, oh, right clever. They do yeah. have got it. I know they've got it. I'd give them yeah. a little, I'm quite good with my eyebrows, my eyebrows. <laughs> and um, give them a knowing look. I've achieved what I want to achieve and they've not got the audience. And quite often yeah. that would work. Yeah, that was really I had clever. that at one school. We had um, perspex on every desk. It was a really, really good idea, oh. actually, because you could get them to do like, rough working on there yeah. or like whatever it is or like we do like a mind map all over it it was oh, such yeah, a cool I idea that. and you could put stuff underneath it so we'd have like yeah. these big a3 revision sheets for every exam or a what's big than a3 a2 revision sheets you put that underneath and they could just write all over oh, it oh you could annotate it was like that mm-hmm. they did that in english yeah. as well yeah it was such a good idea at least one listener is going to have this idea and they're going to do it is it is a hundred percent yeah it, it sounds amazing um, but i used to at the beginning of every lesson like the naughtier classes would draw themselves three strikes mm. and all i had to do then was walk over and rub it out ah. and it was brilliant and sometimes yeah. they'd add another one in um, but I knew which kids it would, and I'd do it in a red pen, like a red board marker, and give them yeah. a blue one so I could yeah, tell. So they, yeah. Um, but all I had to do was go and rub it out, and it was so easy. Didn't have to say anything, and they'd know what they were doing. And sometimes if they were being like a little bit annoying, I'd rub out mm. half a strike. Half of it, yeah. yeah. And so you yeah. could do a lot of stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So you could be like, this is your warning that I'm going to rub it out because you need to amend your behaviour. Yeah. But it wasn't, there was no consequence to the half. It was just like equivalent of a verbal warning or something yeah yeah um but what was in some ways good about it is you didn't have to tell them what they were doing all the time and explain why so they had to kind of self-evaluate as to what Mm. they'd done for that to happen and sometimes I would tell them but most of the time I wouldn't because actually Mm. they'd be like oh I was talking I need to stop talking and that in itself was quite beneficial for them yeah Mm. I like that idea I think um, sometimes as well, like, you know, if they're coming in with trainers or mm. they've not got the right equipment. I had one lad and he was, you know, he, he tried. He, no, he did not try hard. I, I'm not, I don't even know why I said that. He didn't try hard, <laughs> but he never had any pens. And I would always give him a pen. And then I'd say, you keep that in your blazer and then you can use it for all your lessons. That's yours. And yeah. then you bring it back. To, he never brought it back to me. So no. in the end, I used to have a bit of blue tack. And I used to stick a pen underneath one of the science. Co- and I said, right, that's your pen, but it stays in my room. So when you come into my room, I can't help you with all your other lessons, but you're always going to have a pen with me. Yeah. And so that's, that small barrier that was always a thing where I had to give him consequences and write it up on Sims, that removed that really yeah. easily. Yeah. Of a big barrier and a bit of blue tag. So, you know, if you can just show a bit of compassion, I think that, mm. that can help. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to have just, and particularly the kind of ones where equipment was a problem, just a big bucket of pens. Just mm. take a pen. I don't care. I'm not paying for them, but take them. Same. Yeah. yeah. It's part of your skill as a teacher, isn't it, behaviour management? You've got to sort of read the room. A skill were. that I have not yet perfected. I don't think sometimes I Sometimes the right thing, but sometimes you sort of do have to assert yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, and really have to... I don't know, make them feel like they've met their match. So I had a very sassy year 10, oh yeah, year 10 class. And they were really giving me a run for my money. And I was, this, this was back in a mainstream school at this point. And they were giving it, you know, and their boys mm. were bouncing off each other. And they were like, the noise was escalating. Yeah. Mm. And in the end, I sort of found who I identified as the ringleader. Yeah. Went on Sims. I found the name of his mum and dad. 
and I'm going to use, I'm just going to make up names. Yeah. And I just looked at him in the eye and I just said, come on, what are, what are Karen and Gary going to think about this, eh? And all of <laughs> Were like, <laughs> and then, like I sort of bested him. He was like, "Oh, fair enough, miss." And then, and then I sort of like, yeah. I'd won. <laughs> yeah, that was excellent. That's cool. smooth. Yeah, smooth. It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from beyond the classroom with Marie and Jody. There's not a lot they don't know about teaching. We like to finish with a little thing called Two Stars and a Wish, uh, where we pick, well, our stars and our wish from today's podcast. Um, what do you think, Marie? What what stars should we have? Oh, my star would definitely be those Perspex covers on the desk. Oh, really? And, and the possibilities of that... <laughs> are just mind blowing for me. Mm. The one um, thing I'd say, if you are going to take this as an idea, is make sure you mm. sand down the sides, um, oh, so that they're not really yeah. sharp. Really because, sharp, yeah, round yeah. the corners. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my definite star from this podcast. What about you, Jodie? What's your star? Um, I have to say, I think it's Sarah learning students' parents' names to kind of yeah, that was one cool. of them. I think yeah, that's such a great plan. I love it. Yeah, agreed. Are you still with us, Sarah? Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. Um, what would be your star? Do you know what, Marie? I think it's your your uniform idea where it's all sewn together. <gasps> oh, yeah. Minimises, like, obvious problems. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it and then just, just crack on with the learning. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing, isn't it? It's those little barriers that mount up and stop the learning from mm. happening. Yeah. What about a wish, Sarah? Do you have a wish? Oh, I just wish that... All kids could have a fair start before they go to school and make sure they've all had breakfast and, yep. you know, they're, so they're ready to learn. If we could get yep. them to that all at the same starting point, I think that would be the one. It would make that's a huge so wholesome. difference. Yeah, that's I love such that. such a good wish, yeah. What's yours, Jodie? Um, I feel like this is kind of a little bit selfish after after Sarah's, <laughs> but uh, mine would be that you just didn't have to do behaviour management, that it wasn't such a big part of the job. Yeah. Because it's like... Behaviour management, planning, marking are the big three. And none of them are technically teaching. You know, mm. obviously planning leads to teaching and marking is a consequence of teaching. But like, yeah, behaviour management is such a big part of the job. And I kind of think it shouldn't be. But it takes yeah. a whole culture change to change that. And I think in some countries it's not as big a part of the job. But it's not something you can change as a school. It's something that needs to change much wider than just one school yeah yeah what would be your wish marie i think my wish i was just thinking about um about things like after school detentions Mm. and i was thinking wouldn't it be great if you had an after school detention but it was like a yoga session or a meditation session where you actually taught them how to reflect relax clear their mind i think that would work really really well and yeah, yeah I've no, I don't think I've heard of anybody doing that. Rather than getting them to write lines or whatever it is, which is a complete waste of everybody's time. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, yeah. that would, and then I'd go and join in the yoga anyway. Yeah, we'd all be relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Just something we definitely need after after a hard behaviour session. That's that's true. They they used to take the kids to go at, like horse therapy, and they used to oh. go and get the stroke horses, like oh, the kids with yeah, who are a bit sort of a more 
We had a school cat at one school and it was quite satisfying to just stroke it. That was just me. I just stroke it when I was there still working at six o'clock at night and everyone else had left. Oh, school cat. Yeah, I love that. I think animals are very therapeutic, aren't they? Yeah. But that is another podcast again. Yep. Animals in schools. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. It has. Um, Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's been brilliant. You're very welcome. And if you are listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, two weeks. Bye for now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This podcast is proudly produced by Beyond. Please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of Beyond or Twinkle.